With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome, welcome. It's the Jill on Money Show, and it's Friday, which is always my favorite day of the week. Today, this Friday, is the end of the third quarter. Oh my gosh, we're almost done. What a year it's been. Terrible year for investors, I know, but I don't know why I'm feeling encouraged about the fourth quarter. Maybe because I just want to sweep this year into the dustbin of history and move on. Except that, you know, I am feeling a little bit like this could be a really good holiday season because it will be the first real, I think, generally upbeat holiday season since the COVID era. Maybe not for companies, maybe not for holiday spending, but for humanity, it's good. So I'm looking forward to the fourth quarter. I really am. So I hope you are too. We are trying to tackle your financial questions. If you've got one, just go to our website, jillonmoney.com. There, there's a little uh, contact us button. It's in the upper right-hand corner. If you click that button, there's a form that appears. You ask your question there. If you would like to come on the program with us, you check the little box down at the bottom. Mark does everything else. Otherwise, you send the email and you hope that we do a bunch of email episodes like we're trying to do before the end of the year to clear out the inbox and you hope that yours is chosen. I don't choose them. Mark does. So don't kiss my tush. Kiss his tush. Say something really nice about him in the email, not about me, because I have no decision making in this. Let's start with a question from Bianca who writes, Hi, Jill and Mark. I love your show. I listen almost every day. What do you mean almost? How about every day? All right, I'll give you a day off here and there. Bianca says, I need some advice when it comes to two Roth IRA accounts. For some background, I make around $80,000 per year and I have a Roth 403B through my employer that isn't matched, but I have a pension that is fully funded by my employer. Mmm, delicious. You guys know I love a pension. I have pension envy completely. Okay, 
back to Bianca. Aside from my employer accounts, I've got a personal Roth IRA, which I fund on my own. And I wanted to know if I should focus on maxing out my contributions towards my 403B Roth or my personal. All right, here's a question. How is the plan? Is it a good plan? Is it one of the big providers that has nice low-cost index funds like a uh, Fidelity, a Schwab, a Vanguard, a TD Ameritrade, a T. Rowe Price, an E-Trade? Is it any one of those? If that's the case, then I'm inclined to say, sure, it might be easier. But if it's a 403B that's kind of an expensive or clunkier type of plan, maybe through an insurance company, then I would fund the personal through one of those aforementioned companies. Okay, hope that helps, Bianca. Next up, this is Mike, who says, I'm married, retired, I'm 71 years old. I own my own house, I have no debt, just living expenses. With the current market, I'm reluctant to invest in any stock funds. Of course, let me just parenthetically say that if Mike were calling us uh, a year ago when stocks were making new highs, he'd probably feel great about investing. All right, maybe not. Anyway, he goes on. He says, I've got some CDs. I've got I-bonds. The rest of the money is in money market funds, earning very little. What would be a good lower risk option for investing given the current crazy market? Would municipal bonds be good? I'm no longer working, so the option to recover any lost money is limited. There is risk in every asset class, okay? So if you've got CDs and I-bonds, that's no risk. Those types of investments are limited in terms of what you can earn. Um, And obviously with an I-bond, it's limited by the amount you can purchase. I'd really like to know the source of your income right now, Mike. Do you have social security? Do you have a pension? Could you maybe swallow putting a tiny bit of money at risk in um, a bond fund? A municipal bond fund could be good, but uh, frankly, it, it depends on your your tax bracket, where you live, the, the, ta- the state taxation. In and of themselves, municipal bonds are not good or bad. They are appropriate for some and not for others. And government bonds may be good, but they're also gyrating right now. So I am reluctant to tell you kind of what to do because I don't know enough about you. And more to the point, every investment that you could make right now has a bunch of risk. And I'm sorry to say that, guys. I know a a number of you have had this question, okay? So here is a question from Mark with the spike in short-term interest rates. Uh, what's the difference between putting cash in a one-year treasury bill versus a CD? I'm retired. My extra cash is currently in an Ally online savings account. It's earning about 2%. The T-bill is above 4%. I presume when we're talking about T-bills, you're not talking about buying directly from the government. You're maybe buying a fund um, with T-bills. And, you know, listen, in general, they should sort of look like each other, except that CDs are sort of uh, the no-risk option. You know, the bond fund, even if it's a bond fund that's linked to government bonds, can fluctuate. So when you think about it, CDs are protected, obviously, by, you know, FDIC insurance, or if you buy through a credit union, um, treasuries and U.S. bonds are backed by the government. You know, bonds themselves um, have maturity dates. They can be sold on the secondary market. CDs have some early withdrawal penalties. They're both, you know, sort of generally safe. But the most important thing to really think about is what is going to be 
the best option for you? Do you want to really think about having something move around a little bit in, in the bond fund or not? That's something to consider. So I hope it helps. But yeah, we're going to start to get into these fun questions about people actually asking, what is the better investment? Which kind of bond? Kind of love that as a question. Just shows you we're in a different era right now. Joseph writes, I'm 67 and a half years old and I've been delaying taking my social security benefits. I was wondering if the COLA for this year applies only to those who are currently receiving benefits or will it be added to my original calculated amount I receive when I do decide? Also, is the 8% yearly increase to my benefits compounded or calculated on my original amount? Well, the COLA is only for people who are receiving benefits, okay? And the Social Security payout is based on your work record. It's not like, okay, let's say you retired five years ago and you know now we've seen inflation accelerate in the last few years. You're not going to get a higher benefit because of that, right? It's still based on that same 40 quarters, In terms of the 8% increase, so just to like for everyone else, you're eligible for social security as early as age 62. You get a reduced benefit for life if you choose that for you. And if you have a non-working spouse who depends on you, that's also the case. And then you have something called your full retirement age. Okay. So let's just pretend that, um, you know, you've got a full retirement age of 66 and you get a retirement benefit of 100% of whatever the government says, that's what you get. Now, if you start waiting and delaying, you get a different kind of benefit. So if you wait from age, say 66 to 67, that base benefit is instead of 100%, you get 108%. Hmm, kind of cool, right? So that's your 8% from that base amount. It's not compounded. Now, if you wait for 68, age 68, you get 116% of that base amount and so on. So you can actually see this at, you know, you get this base amount. If you wait till you're 70, it's 132%. And, you know, listen, they depending on when you do it and what month it is, there can be some differences. But I think that uh, it's one of the great benefits of waiting. You do get that extra money. And guess what? You know what else? It's risk-free. That's the other piece, which I love. Okay, let's see. Who else do we have? We've got Jerry who um, says, my friend has plenty of money. He's still continuing to work. The dilemma is she has sold her house two years ago and she has to make a decision to continue to rent and let her Prop 13 expire for her to purchase another home. Can't decide where, what type of house to buy. Should she continue to rent and let the Prop 13 tax advantage expire or just find a house and buy something to preserve the tax advantage. Time is running out. Oh gosh, January is the deadline. So this is a tough one. I hate having a gun pointed to my head to make a financial decision. I really do. If you're listening, you have no idea what Prop 13 is. It's, it's um, you know, one of these wacky things that California voters did in the 70s, and it's about property tax rules. And essentially that it preserves a, uh, a tax basis that is 1% and allows assessments to rise by more than 2% until the next sale. So 
She's got probably a big fat tax bill that she may have to pay if she doesn't buy a house. So, I mean, I hate for her to buy something she doesn't want to buy. And I hate to jump into a massive transaction just to save taxes. So I'd really like to know, I guess I really want to know what are the alternatives and what else is going on in her financial life? Because without that, it's it's tough to make the call. And again, I hate making big financial decisions with the clock ticking. I really do. Okay, this is from Stefan. Oh, here we go. How to approach bond funds during the time of interest rate hikes. Okay, now I know we're really getting deep into bonds. This is so much fun for me because you guys never used to like to talk about bonds or bond funds, and now I get to do that. Okay, Stefan writes, leading up to my retirement, I put together a diverse portfolio in my brokerage and retirement accounts. These included a mix of bond-based mutual funds, some specific, a fund based on Oregon municipal bonds, some general, a Vanguard all bond market fund. I also manage my elderly mother's IRA and a living trust that will uh, be divided between me and my siblings. I knew even before retiring that bond funds were liable to lose share value as interest rates were going up. I know this is due to the underlying bonds becoming unattractive as higher yielding bonds based on new interest rates are issued. So, wow, by the way, you're explaining bonds, so I don't have to. So, okay. He says, I'm not surprised or dismayed by seeing the share price of my bond funds plummet. I know the funds will keep producing dividends despite the price going down. We are now in a situation where interest rate hikes will continue to hammer these fund prices for half a year, maybe more. So here are my questions. How long does it take a bond fund to recover from situations like this? That is for the share price to rise and for the yield to reflect new interest rates. I assume the managers buy new bonds, but is there any way to know how long it takes? Kind of depends on the fund. And obviously, if you own a intermediate or short-term fund, things can change much more dramatically. But usually what will happen is things start to change dramatically as we go into the next economic cycle. If that sounds precarious with my very scary voice, it's usually around when a recession occurs. So, you know, you could almost see this or you could project how this could play out. You could say, okay, here we are. It's high inflation. Fed is raising rates. We get into next year. Rates are higher. But then a recession comes and there will be one and the Fed starts to cut rates. And it may not be that the Fed gets back to that zero to quarter of 1%. That's okay. Because as you noted, your managers are buying new bonds and also reinvesting the distributions from the interest of those other bonds paid. So this is good. Now, the second question is, are bond funds with depressed share prices a bargain? Practically speaking, should I be reinvesting dividends from these funds? Yes, 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 yes. I think you should. That's how you minimize some of the gyrations and you actually start accumulating more shares at lower prices. So, I mean, yes, you could use the money for something else like a Series I bond, but I would much prefer that you reinvest the dividends into these funds just as you would with a stock fund. That, you know, if you owned a stock fund and it was, share prices were low, I would be encouraging you to reinvest because it's hard to make yourself buy at that time. You know, it really is. I It really is tough. So, okay, that's it. That's the program. I can't believe it. It's a Friday and this always goes by so quickly. If you need us, we are here. 
Just go to jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button. You let us know if you want to come on the air. We have tons of stuff that's sitting on that website. We have so much content, I can't even believe it. We have the free weekly newsletter. We have a blog post section where I kind of think my thoughts and write them down instead of yakking at you guys. Sometimes it's easier to read some of this information than hear it, I know. So you can check out our blog. Um, We've got uh, videos, my most recent TV hits. We also have uh, an ability for you to pre-order the new book. It's called The Great Money Reset. And I, I really psyched about this book. Again, you guys inspired this book. This book is you, what you guys have helped me think about. So thank you in advance. And for my many thanks, I'm asking you to do one more thing, not just inspire me, but buy the book. You know, uh, Friday, day to kind of tell you about all the people behind the scenes. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We are distributed by the fine folks at Cadence 13. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple and put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. I know a lot of people need a little bit of loving. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.